Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. the center of the galaxy this is the four center podcast feed and this particular episode of the four center podcast feed is the bad batch report <laughs> extremely convincing growls uh the person making the growls is ken knapsack and i'm joseph scrimshaw and we're happy to be here talking bad batch that was a great growl oh thank you i have never really worked in my rancor growls but there you have it yeah, no, I mean, I, that would terrify me. I mean, in the context of a fun podcast where I know you might make a noise, I feel safe. But otherwise, I would just be uh, screaming in terror. Uh, yeah, I have a new, we'll talk about my Rancor feelings, which has always been positive, by the way, but now even more positive. 
even more positive rancor <laughs> feelings. Yeah, I mean, that could have been the name of this episode. It could have been uh, positive rancor feelings, question mark. Uh, but this is uh, this is episode five. It is titled Rampage, which I feel like is uh, connected to the rancor. Uh, it is written by Tamara Bechter Wilkinson. Uh, apologies if I got that name wrong. And directed by Stuart Lee. It is about a 25-minute-ish episode, which there's been some shocking consistency uh, when it comes to streaming shows episode length. That these, uh, you know, there's the great uh, kind of feature length uh, uh, first episode premiere. I was going to say pilot, but more premiere. Uh, and then they've all been about 25-ish minutes, a nice uh, tight clip. Uh, so, mm-hmm. Ken, let's get into it. Let's get into your many Rancor feelings. What was your overall reaction to Rampage? Did you love it, like it, uh, wrestle with it like a Rancor? Uh, you know, I, I liked it. And here's, this is, um, this is, we always joke every week, we're like, one of these weeks, we're not going to really like an episode or, you know, and, and we have a, a certain way at Force Center and, and those listening, uh, a certain way to approach Star Wars. And, and I don't ever mean to finger wag or preach. And I, I know you don't either, Joseph, but I just feel we we approach Star Wars in such a way that you, you always kind of can be rewarded and come away feeling great. And and I, I will say this, this is probably the episode I, I at least connected with thus far. Uh, you know, maybe I can't help fill a little bit of the Mando kind of remix mission goals and that kind of stuff. However, there's so much that I love in this episode, particularly when I went back a second time. And there's these little moments with the group that we're following that just kind of proves that the show is working because I'm here for the ride with them and what happens to them, and what they experience, what they go through. Um, can rise and fall in terms of tension or plot or big galaxy ramifications or little moments. It doesn't matter. I'm there for them. I'm definitely there for Omega's growth. And that's, and that's what celebrating you love, uh, you love before focusing on what doesn't work for you is, is just continues to be rewarding for me, if, if that makes sense. And plus we got the term rampaging adolescent rancor. <laughs> and Rhea Perlman is now in Star Wars, and these are both great things. Yeah, we got a great name for a young punk band. And, yes, the Cheers takeover of the Star Wars galaxy <laughs> continues. I was so thrilled. That voice sounded familiar, but I was caught up in uh, in the show. And then when the credits came, I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, we got Major Brent Durlin. Uh, we got, of course, Tobias Beckett. Now we got Sid. And now we just need them all uh, in a in a bar together. Yeah. <laughs> and we need yeah. Ted Danson. Yes. Yeah. George went dancing. Yeah. Those. Ted Danson. I think Ted Danson is a, uh, is kind of a medium level Crimson Dawn <laughs> guy. <laughs> That's what I want to see. Uh, yeah. For me, I, I really love what you're saying about the way uh, that we approach Star Wars is mm-hmm. celebrate what we love. Uh, and if there is something that we're not sure about, that's kind of sometimes when, when we talk about things we disliked, I want to phrase it as disliked or questioned or wrestled yes, with. Right. Cause sometimes right. something that doesn't sit right at first is like, well, maybe if we kind of turn it around and look at it from all angles and see another person's point of view, maybe we will come to enjoy it more. And even if we're like, yeah, no, that's never going to be for me. I'm never going to be a big fan of that. We still get something interesting out of turning around and looking at it from all angles, you know? And, and even for me, it's sometimes like, oh, wow, I really love understanding why other people like that. I won't. But now I feel like I understand some other people's perspective better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, it's just, it's Graven. And like I said, this episode was, it, it was, um, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't bad or anything I didn't like. It was just like, oh, okay. One of those episodes. Oh, okay. But then 
there's, I mean, there's some giant empire uh, world building connecting to solo stuff that I just uh, loved, loved that was there, not loved it. It's bad stuff, but uh, yeah, yeah. And then just, just the pure joy of a rampaging rancor. That's something I just didn't think I needed. So yeah, anyways, all that, those, that's kind of my overall thoughts. Uh, like it. And there's some things to love. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we will dig into uh, absolutely all of it. I really agree with you about one of the things that I really liked about this episode uh, was the dynamics between uh, the squad. Uh, yeah. The clone force 99 is just firing on all cylinders and, and, Great stuff in this episode about uh, Omega truly becoming a part of the, the unit, right? Yeah. Um, I also uh, was really happy. It was what I wanted to see, that it was a direct follow-up from last episode. Because uh, mm-hmm. the the Bad Batch has many different concerns, but the way Hunter stated it at the last episode of like, no, this is our priority right now. You know, if a bounty hunter is skilled as Fennec Shand is after us and we don't know who hired her, we, we, well, he didn't know Fennec Shand then. Like, uh, right. we need to know who that bounty hunter is and, and who hired her. So I really liked that it was just a direct follow up. Um, I really loved just kind of uh, action wise that by the time we got to the rampaging adolescent rancor, that it had a real like, uh, Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, watching cartoons at home. Or, or when I was a kid, we got to go to the library on some Saturday uh, afternoons and, and watch an old movie, an old monster movie or an old action movie. So this just had like big Saturday kaiju monster fun energy, particularly uh, when the Rancor and the Brazak, Brazak were going at it. Mm. So... Mm. Uh, yeah, sorry, I forgot to look it up. Brizak. 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 Yeah, yeah. So uh really, really like that. Uh obviously this was another episode that had big ties to both uh Clone Wars era and original trilogy. And I like how much they're doing that of just kind of constantly reminding you that we are right in the the beginnings of the in-between with all the Zygarian mm-hmm. connection to that very specific arc in the Clone Wars, and then to lots of stuff with obviously uh, Bib and Gamorians and and building to what the reality of the galaxy is during the original trilogy that was really cool um and then i think the uh the stuff that i didn't like dislike at all but definitely like uh it took took a few turns around with like i was wrestling a rancor is (laughs) it does have this whole show has had a little bit more mandalorian vibes because it is uh this is the first animated show that i think is extremely serialized where yep they're having one-off adventures but those adventures are moving the big picture story uh, forward uh, really tied together um, even more so than I think like Rebels was for me um, yeah. and chasing down these ongoing issues of who is Omega when you what's up with Wrecker's headache <laughs> you know who hired Fennec Shan can they rescue Crosshair it's got all these big picture questions uh, going through it and it's had that sort of Mandalorian vibe of like well we got to go to one place to do one thing uh, but then we kind of have to help the person there and this one was almost almost like meta to me i don't i don't think it was intended that way but it almost felt meta like there's that great beat beat uh which we'll talk more about of sid going like yeah you're you're being mercenaries now you're you're doing mercenary stuff do you do you not know how this works (laughs) it was almost like sid almost wanted to turn to the camera and go have these guys even seen the mandalorian this is how it works. You, yeah. you land somewhere, you need something from someone, so you do something for them. That's the whole thing. And, and I think it, it kind of it works for me ultimately because it is Sid saying to the Bad Batch, you've entered this different world that people like Din Djarin know they're in. 
but but you don't see that that's the way the galaxy is going to be, that that's the way your life's going to be. Yeah. I like that take on it too. Um, slightly different. Yeah. And it just feels the same. And look, it's so funny this week, production timeline came up on, on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, design of Fennec Shand, uh, the animated design, almost predating the Mandalorian, but it, and it's like, that's just how it works. And I think most people understand that. But so, so it, it, to me, it isn't like, Oh, this is like the Mando. This is just storytelling. And it's actually working very well. But yeah, you just kind of can't help. I even almost laughed. and was like, hey, you need to do this to get that. I was like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you just said, Joseph, like, didn't you, didn't you stream that as well? <laughs> We've all been talking about it. We've kind of been making jokes about this, you know. <laughs> Did yeah. the Bad Bath not listen to the Mandalorian report? <laughs> Come on. You guys have a lot of time in your ship and the Havoc Marauder to just chill and listen to podcasts. Uh, yeah. So overall, really liked it. Liked how much it, it, it is serialized. It is moving forward. Uh, the, the Mando vibe slash direct storytelling similarities, you know, timeline yeah. be damned, uh, production codes that that's the way we as an audience are experiencing them. They didn't bother me because I think it felt more like, um, the possibility that this is episode was really setting them up that this is their new normal that, yeah. you know, that I loved that end beat. Uh, man, that was maybe one of my favorite things about the episode is that it beat where Sid says, you fellas must be pretty valuable. Don't worry, I'm good with secrets. And just <laughs> that very concerned look from a dark and broody hunter of like, what's this about? And almost to me, like great, uh, you know, kind of sharp ending, uh, but also felt like to me, the possibility is that Sid is saying, I'll keep your secret if you just if you're basically my my hired muscle. Yeah, yeah a little bit of an implication in that for me. And I wouldn't mind it. I liked Sid. I like I like that office. I wanted to spend some time in that office and look around some more. Oh yeah, so, yeah, there's some stuff going on in that office. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it felt like a little bit like even if they don't stay and work for Sid all the time, that that she's going to be one of their their main go tos. You know, her saying you need money and friends, uh, mm -hmm. mostly money to get by. It felt a little bit like all these episodes have been questioning Bad Batch, going, well, how are we going to function? Who are we going to be in this new reality? What's our new normal? And this is the first kind of character and interaction that suggested some possibility of stability. Yeah. Yeah. They got a paying gig, maybe. They maybe got a paying gig that they can go back yeah. to. That they got a, they can temp there. <laughs> yeah. Any other uh, overall reactions before we dive into the big themes and ideas? Uh, the only one I almost want to get your thoughts on this. This episode specifically really reminded me of a Clone Wars episode more than uh, the episodes before. Meaning, just like you know, the Zygerians are very Clone Warsy, and they 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 appear or mention in a lot of parts of Star Wars. But uh, a Rancor, a planet that we've heard before, and it, it, it's it's a, it had a Clone Wars vibe, and it, obviously it's tremendously connected. But beyond that, it just seemed like a Clone Wars episode, which I liked. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it is just continues to be extremely Clone Wars-y, uh, uh, partially, I would imagine, influenced by the fact that it's almost all Clone Wars directors, uh, right. long-term Clone Wars directors. But yeah, there's lots of things about it of just like um, the aesthetic, uh, the structure, uh, the guarantee that you will never not see a ship all the way land on a planet. <laughs> you know, there's lots of things that just like, yeah, it, it's a very different story. It's focusing on different characters, but there's a lot in the style of the storytelling, uh, mm -hmm. the mix of comedy and action and heart that is Star Wars, very specifically Clone Wars. Yeah. 
Yeah, totally. Yeah. So anyways, final thought for me now. Okay, cool. Well, let's dive into the the big themes and ideas. Uh, what for you is really at stake in this episode? So, all right. So I'm going to, I got, I started to go one way and, and, it, and it's very much there and definitely want to get your thoughts on it. And, and I love uh, following uh, you down the path of themes here. But then, then there was one way there's some, something just kind of emerged to me right or wrong. It, it grabbed me. Uh, the first thing, there's a lot about trust. The episode begins with, with Hunter, you know, having to make a kind of say the rules, which includes that trust no one but myself, which I think there's some truth to that, but I also find it weird. There's also this line about times have changed and the bad batch are so alone, but they have to trust themselves. Which also means, also means they might have to start trusting other people. Uh, so that the trust is at stake and then they got to trust Omega again and again, and again, as she continues to just prove how valuable she is. And so I just like that idea too, especially like at one point they can't even trust tech's data. There's no data he can give them. This is, this is <laughs> unique, uh, which is a great thing. So there, there was that one there. I'd love to start diving into. And then I went into somewhere else, but I, I wanted to kick kick that back to you yeah i love that that idea of filtering it all through trust of yeah because they in that great list of they clearly had to talk about how to avoid the problems of the previous <laughs> couple of episodes right because it's it's yeah. hyper specific in a great way but trust no one but my squad is such a great practical uh of course yes this is her literal squad that she is a part of but just almost as a as an ethos right <laughs> yeah. uh, that you could take out into the galaxy trust no one but your squad whatever your squad is uh but i love that you're extending that idea out uh, to trust of almost like everything they're doing right now is a leap of faith and that's highlighted so well by tech going like this isn't a mission <laughs> this right. isn't a military mission. You know, we have never rescued a child from slavers before. I don't have any data on that. It's a really, really great um, idea that that you have to trust yourself when you're going into the unknown, which is such a classic uh, coming of age Star Wars type lesson. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's scary. This is a scary world. Uh, and 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 with Hunter actually, you know, discussing that this, this times have changed type of thing and just you know, you're, you're out there on, on this balance beam of trying to get through this galaxy. It's changing around and then stuff going on with you. I, I just liked it. I actually really liked that moment. The text just like, I, I got nothing here, guys, no algorithm, no data, nothing on my pad. We, we are in a brave new world and we gotta, we gotta figure out who to trust and how to trust ourselves even more. It's also just a really great way to believably make the bad batch a little bit more capable of failure. Because mm -hmm. we were so introduced to them as utterly unstoppable and better than everyone and worth a whole army. And like, yeah. yes, when when we know like, OK, we this is how we destroyed droids on a mountain, on a ravine, on a plateau, in a jungle like their their main mission is destroying droids, you know. Yeah. It, but now they're they have different kinds of missions. So and they don't have crosshair. Uh, so or so they're a little, you know, uh, not as sure footed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, that's a great, it's a great point, especially from even just this episode. Forget the Clone Wars season seven, but but this season, excuse me, this premiere, they're so great. That opening prior to Order sixty six, they are badass, and they still are. But yeah, it, 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 there's so many love having these obstacles, and the obstacles uh, coming from within are obviously going to be the more powerful ones for us as, as an audience to experience and go through with them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, what was the other idea that was pulling at you? Follow me along here, because I was trying to find the best way to. Um, incorporate some of the big things that tie into the bigger picture, but not to jump ahead to that. And I went with this theme of, of dreams versus reality. Mm. Um, 
the empire brought peace, but the reality of that is emerging and what that actually is. Bad Batch is, they're going to rescue slaves in this episode. Echo specifically, we'll talk about that, what that means for him, but, but they're doing it for credits. Uh, the Bad Batch is left on their own accord, but but now they need help to survive. They they left because they, they made a choice, they, they, they're their own identity, but they can't be by themselves. And and the reality of that is emerging and, and, and some of the internal struggles. So I just kind of went with that picture, just we all kind of have a, a dream and, and then the reality of the dream. It's not quite how it started, how it's going. But it's a little bit of that. Meme. Yeah, no, I like that. I, I think that ties into uh, that great funny beat where uh, tech is trying to express why they are clones on the run. And like, well, mm-hmm. we had a difference in ideology and, and uh, Sid uh, slash Carla from cheers <laughs> has a very, very Carla line, like uh, fascinating. You think I'd care about that. Um <laughs> But it, it, a lot of it does go to, they have, in this episode, we see that they have perspectives uh, or dreams, is the way you frame it, and they're seeing if they can make those real, right? They're seeing yeah. if they can uh, follow through on what they believe. Yeah, and, and how to do it. And, the, and we'll focus on the Echo one specifically, but it's like, obviously, being rescued or rescuing people in need is something that's pretty close to Echo's heart. <laughs> yep, yep, for some pretty I, obvious I, reasons. Yeah. Uh, and, and the fact that he, 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 you know, Hey, we're going to rescue slaves and text like, ah, for credits. And just that, that look on Echo's face, it, it's like, yeah, you're right. But he still finds uh, the, the humanity in that. He still, he sticks to the, 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 the morality of that. And that's what he goes. It's the, he's literally the one with Omega that's like taking them to freedom. And, 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 and he's going to stay true to himself, even in this you know, complicated real world reality of, yeah, we got to also make money. We got to survive and we got to keep going. But, I get to still do this and it still has great meaning to me. That, that's where it jumped out the most to me. And then, and then the empire, we, we know when I say the empire brought peace, we, we know that's a lie from the beginning, but the galaxy is figuring that out. And and then you got the Zygerians who are just, it's almost in the background, but we're going to talk about it. I know, but just like, Oh, this is great. This is great for us. The empire's here. They brought a safe and secure society and we are back in business. And that's just the harsh reality. Oh, yeah. That is, and, and I think it is really uh, purposeful. You know, it is not just going like, oh, the Bad Batch has got to find some people to fight. Uh, I think it is really going down the list of of forces in the galaxy that we've met before and who is going to be immediately benefiting from the absence of the Republic and the absence of the Jedi. And I, the Zygerians are clearly high up on that list, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that the main one that that jumped out to me uh, kind of dovetails with the, the, this idea of sort of shifting from uh, uh, ideals to reality and, and how does that work? I thought there was just a real steady theme of this idea of shifting identities, of kind mm. of being in transition, going from one thing to the other, not not fully formed yet. Right. Um, right. So Omega's journey in this episode, I really thought was about becoming more of a part of the unit. Previous episodes have dealt with, uh, okay, she's got to stay. Okay, she wants to be a part of the family. She needs a place. They need to take care of her. Um, but mm. they need to keep her safe. Uh, she's brave. But this one was so, like, you are becoming a part of us for real. The calm device, right? Uh, right. That whole list of instructions on how to handle herself. Uh, ultimately, she does function uh, like a member of the unit and helps them escape. And, you know, gets an assignment from Hunter at the end of like, you and Echo go and do this part of the mission, you know. So she's really, really becoming a part of the group. I think there's even this idea that she is starting to take on not just the um, 
learning the rules, learning the ropes so she can become, you know, a good clone mercenary, whatever they are now. But she's starting to get these little bits of individuality. Like, I really felt like her picking up that Zygerian crossbow and oh. kind of having it at the end, because it didn't pay off in this episode. She picked it up yeah. and like, keep up, but she still got it at the end. It's like, is that going to be her weapon of choice? Right. Is that her beginning to shape her sort of individuality of that's what's so fun about the Bad Batch. They all have these different skills that, that translate to us as viewers of like, yeah, they're like action figures. They all got their, their secret trick, you know? Right. Um, and it almost feels like, ooh, there's lots of little things in this episode that's maybe moving her even closer to taking Crosshair's spot, right? Of mm. If a crossbow is going to be her signature weapon where she begins to uh, show her individuality, we already got that moment in the first episode where she was a, a sharpshooter. You know, is right. she going to become the new sharpshooter with her <laughs> Zygerian crossbow? And, and, you know, they make a thing out, out of it at the top of the episode that her comm device is used to be crosshairs, but he doesn't need it right now, you know? Right. So there's really a lot of her shifting into truly being a member of the the squad. Interesting takes. Does this make her the Kate Bishop of the Bad Batch? <laughs> hey, Ken made a Marvel reference. I was going to say, man, if I had money on one of us mentioning <laughs> Kate Bishop first, uh, I would have put my money on myself, but I'm glad that you did. I I actually am a big fan of that Hawkeye run from Fraction. It's uh, it's with Pizza the Pizza Dog. Um, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, I love that stuff. Um, yeah, no, that's a great. Uh, yeah, no, that a uh, wonderful and, and the just the, this this transition and, and that great moment. It will come up again in, in in the whimsy section, but just painting the the doll and you know she's a bad batch now. Like it's it's that was touching and, and sweet, but also there you go right there for you yeah and that, that's one of the other things that i definitely uh, grabbed onto in terms of all these different ideas coming together about shifting identity of omega even saying like i don't want my doll to just be a trooper doll yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna make her a bad bachelor and paint her and give her individuality that's it was so powerful uh and then a lot of different ways that this uh shifting identity theme i saw popping up of uh sid's identity was obscured at first right that was a real uh, issue of identity uh and it was only clear to the uh more observant omega <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, i mm -hmm. think is a little bit younger and a little bit more open in in the bad batcher kind of still struggling to to be not be stuck in their ways right to not yeah. use the old ways uh so then for the bad batch themselves i thought that there was a ton in here uh about them shifting it, 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 some of it's like just the core stuff from the episode right of the fact that echo was surprised by the word and even idea of mercenary that they're like straight up doing mercenary stuff <laughs> yeah. and they're like oh wow i didn't think of that that's like such a real world thing of like you know if you went in, in the 80s and and uh mm -hmm. put on tattered clothes and some uh pins and got a mohawk and then somebody's like oh you're, you're punk now like what like yeah you're literally doing it right now and you you don't even see it you know uh how much that that is like wow we just thought we were kind of doing another mission right. you know and it, even and that goes to when tech size and goes the this is not a standard military operation we're in this point of uh of transition and uh, i really felt like um there's also this moment of of transition that goes to what you were talking about uh, of echo's uh relationship with what the mission was and whether or not he wanted to be a mercenary or were a hero, frankly. Uh, the Zygerians make a point out of, with the Republic gone and with the Jedi gone, 
we can just, you know, get back to doing, yeah. uh, being slaves. They're being slave uh, owners and, yeah. and taking what we want. And the Bad Bench is doing it for credits. But there's a real feeling of the Bad Batch being this little bit of hope in this dark world that they are shifting into the role uh, of the Jedi. Uh, not, And I'm not saying, like, that's the story of, like, and then they're going to take on ropes. I just mean, like, in yeah. instances where a Jedi would just be going around the galaxy and they would find somebody in need that yeah. the Bad Batch is certainly going to be out for themselves, but they have enough morality as a group, uh, Echo, and certainly, I think, Omega, you know, she she looks at that clone trooper doll and says, don't worry, Moochie, we'll rescue you. Yeah. You know, it's about rescue. It's not like, don't worry, kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll get the credits. It is this perspective that being a clone to them, in particular being a bad batcher, wasn't just about getting the mission done, but to some of them it was about doing the right thing. And that's only going to grow with Omega. And it's the Zygerians are advertising there is this uh, massive uh, uh, loss in the galaxy, this massive space where the Jedi used to be, and no one's going to fill it. And then the Bad Batch comes along and gets their credits, but they do fill, fill the role. They rescue Moochie and a bunch of other people from slavery. Yeah, no, this is great. This is great. There's this shift in identity. Uh, you know, you could do a subtitle of discovering yourself, which also goes a little bit back to trusting yourself. And because this is a, this is a, shall I say an easy moral win, right? Credits free some, some, from some slaves. Yeah. Sign me up. Um, I don't think they're going to, I don't think they would do this mission if it was eh, go kill these people. Right. Like uh, they're going to stay true to themselves or discover themselves as, as you shift. Cause I always think shifting identities and, and discovering your, your new path forward also includes really discovering who you are before and who you are now and all those kind of big concepts and, and those things. So I, I'm excited about what you're talking about if, as they move forward and they can start to really, really sculpt the way what they were and be who they want to be in this world. Yeah. And really take choices feel like they can take, make choices about which jobs they take and why and, and, yeah, and yeah. how that's going to, you know, how that's going to be affected by Omega and what they're teaching her about the galaxy. Right. Indeed. Yeah. They, they can't get away with sort of looking the other way because anytime that anything comes up, um, Tech is going to look it up and he's going to give her the dictionary definition of whatever horror show they're involved in. Like He's just like, this is what slavery is. Here you go. Right. And then you see it. You get to see it processed through a a kind young person go. Well, that's awful. (laughs) So she's not going to let them look away from what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She's definitely representing a lot of heart and soul. Yeah. And then, of course, just final thing of, you know, Moochie, the, the identity confusion with uh, Moochie uh, is not a small human or feline. <laughs> Moochie yeah. is a rancor. Um, and the other uh, thing for me, which is a, a, it's kind of a theme, I think there's, there's some connection between Omega and, and uh, Moochie of both being young. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a little bit of a theme of like, don't take the kids for granted. <laughs> yeah, I would uh, say so. Yeah, Moochie ends up being many things, right? A victim, a threat, an ally, uh, what appears to be a, a missed and beloved stolen pet from Jabba. So it, not just a monster, but many, many things. And then for Omega, I think it's just, it, it was cool that to hear those great new squad regulations, uh, don't wander off, keep my eyes and ears on my surroundings and trust no one but my squad. And if you get into trouble, use my comm and give my location. She does all of those things then in the episode. 
like literally, literally. <laughs> uh, which is great. It, that's, you know, solid writing. Uh, but it is also kind of building up this like, yeah, don't don't worry. This is not a show about they're going to constantly have to be rescuing the kid. The, the kid is going to yeah. grow and be capable. Yeah, which was uh, yeah, which uh, yeah, which was a great moment, and and how it paid off and how it worked uh, was was uh, a joy because I, I think you could sometimes get lost on well, she's going back to the ship. I I bet this is going to happen, and I'm okay sometimes when you're like, oh, it it happened the way I thought it would, but it's it's such the journey there, and there's so many little joys and uh, victories for this character uh, that we're all rooting for Omega. We really are. She's she's. I'd say it's pretty well received as a new Star Wars character, which the fan fandom doesn't always have a good track record with that. Yeah. Uh, and it's been fun to see just every week. Just uh, she's just really endearing. Her journey's so endearing. Ooh, endearing. I think that is the the word of the podcast. That is the perfect word uh, to capture uh, Omega, I think. Yeah. So how did you feel like this episode reflected larger storytelling, morality, perspective of Star Wars? Well, I, I went big in, in the, when it, the dreams versus reality thing. It was definitely for uh, what's happening in the in the larger story here, and and I like I really think this story directly connects to this 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 idea of the empire taking over. Uh, you and I talk about that being so present in Solo of mm-hmm. of, of it's everywhere. That's what uh, is happening. Crimson Dawn is right. They're not necessarily the empire, but they're being allowed to grow. They're t- they're destroying the worlds just as much as the empire. In fact, they maybe even at times more on a case by case basis. And I, I th- so it directly connects to all that and how that this is the reality of the world they're now living in. And and we know it. And we just you know we are on uh, what Pantora watching them cheer. And this is how Liberty dies almost again. That yeah. Moment. And and. And and it's starting to unfold, and it just um, you know Star Wars uh, always asks you those big choices, and it's like I think along the way people are going to really start to learn, or maybe you grow up uh, like Aden Versio, and you grow up in a in a perfect Im- Im- imperial uh, sponsored world where this doesn't touch you until later on, and you have to make that choice later. So I think this is it, it's big picture stuff that just comes out of this crazy fun adventure. Like I said, it's in the back; it's very clear, but. You could almost miss it if you're not listening to the to the lead Zygarian talking in the background saying we're not in the Republic anymore with the meddling Republic gone. It starts to fade away from almost the main action of the episode because you're focused a little bit on Omega. But it's so big to me and it's the reality of this world they're living in and, and you can't escape that. Yeah. And if you really listen or, or watch it with subtitles, uh, the Zygarian is giving a slight bit of a recap, uh, th- almost like uh, thematically or philosophically for the Zygerian three episode arc in, in season four of Clone Wars, uh, yep. talking specifically like we're really good at being uh, slave owners and we know how to handle big, strong, tough people. Uh, we torture the person next to you that yeah. instead of you, if you can take it, great, we'll we'll torture the person next to you that you care about uh which is what they actively do in that in that arc uh mm-hmm. and how they control some of our more powerful characters so it, that was really really powerful uh to have this direct example yeah. uh, of somebody that the jedi stopped um and the republic right. stopped and i think for me that was the big thing definitely everything you're talking about of of we're seeing the the dream immediately turned to ashes of everyone is losing some level of freedom uh, and bad actors are are <laughs> thrilled that they can flourish you know uh but for me that this episode was just um a heartache uh for somebody who loves the jedi <laughs> uh oh, sorry i'm not laughing at your pain but yeah <laughs> but it really was i really appreciated it because this this 
continues to be a great show that does have uh you know, enthusiasm. Omega's endearing. There's there's hope. Uh, rancors are reunited with their loved ones. Uh, but it's a dark world. The reminder in this episode twice that the Jedi are gone. Yeah. Of that exchange of like, well, the Jedi trusted him. You mean the Jedi who are all dead? <laughs> and then yeah. the thing is Sid talking about like, yeah, I had it good, but they're gone now. There's a real reminder of their vacuum is felt immediately. And then, you know, the Zygerians are explicitly openly thrilled about it and i just found my mind going to some of the most early uh jedi information that we ever heard is, is star wars fans uh if, if you start with the actual movie star wars right of obi-wan kenobi saying you know, we were the guardians of peace and justice uh before the dark times and it mm. just hit me in the gut that all these moments is, is that's what's flashing on Obi-Wan Kenobi's face. It's not just the great cosmic battle for the light and the dark. It's not like we we got kicked out of our temple and a bunch of us killed. It's about what the Jedi did for the galaxy. This is a concrete example of the Jedi would stop Zygerians. They might not go out to Tatooine where the Republic uh, was not a presence, but the Zygerians, they would shut down, and we got to see them do that. Right. And now the Jedi are gone. The Guardians of Peace and Justice are gone, and that means dark times. And this is just a real practical, awful depiction of that. Yeah, and 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 it's interesting to hear you describe that. And, and you know, we we love what's going on with the Bad Batch. You had said earlier them kind of um, sliding into the Jedi role in a way. Um, it's almost sad because we know uh, this is this is just the beginning of many many years of darkness. So yeah, that match even more, but it's a tough hill to climb. And it's in this one little micro interaction they are able to yeah. slide into that Jedi role, but not you know yeah. probably not in the big picture, sadly. Um, and then I also felt like um, with the 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 big presence of uh, Bib morning guards the the shadow of job over everything if, if a little bit of that was to sort of emphasize hey remember Jabba's power is on the rise too he was already he and the hut counts were also already very powerful during the mm -hmm. clone wars to the point where the jedi had to make a a a deal uh with uh gangsters right you know going back to the clone wars movie uh to get access to fight this war already dubious they they have plenty of power and now they have even more immediately. There's nothing in this episode where I feel like that's specifically what's being said about Jabba, but just almost seen right away as soon as the Bad Batch kind of gets into the shadows, gets into being mercenaries, you can't escape Jabba because his power is on the rise. That's a, that's a great point. It's just like, yeah, they've taken this uh, first step into a darker world, shall we say? And, <laughs> the yeah, shadow yeah. of Jabba, a darker He's world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think those are the big things uh, uh, for me. I think all the, all the 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 contrast, I guess, between Omega finding family, you know, being a part of a, a group, a squad, and then the other half of the show being kind of just about the the horror of the even the possibility of slavery really did emphasize all the all the solo stuff you're talking about. Yeah, look, and I'll even you know, Rampage is a fun title. It also makes me think of the video games, but. Uh, um but yeah, the Empire truly is rampaging all over the galaxy. So I'll even go that direction with it. Yeah, yeah. All right, any other uh, big picture thoughts? Uh, no, let's get to a uh, rampaging adolescent rancor. Yeah, let's do it. All that in just a moment. 
This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at JenniferLanda and on TikTok as JenniferLanda1138.
And we're back to Rampage through our discussion of Rampage. Rawr. Ken's growl is better. <laughs> there we go. It's it's that sinus infection. It does a lot for growls. <laughs> it's it's working for me. Not good for the sinuses. Great for growling. Uh, I sound like a toy plush of a rancor. Rawr. <laughs> Uh, let's get into the action moments. Did you have some favorite action moments in this episode? Uh, so there's, I didn't go a lot of specific notes cause I just put like moochie rampage. Um, but I do want to <laughs> shout out, um, Hunter versus the, the slaver, the head Zygerian. I, I didn't write his name down if you had one. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure you did looking at the credits. Uh, uh rainy. That's, there you go. Uh, just the, that, that fight where he pull, I, I really do like Hunter's little knife that he pulls out. Um, and, and then just the, we've seen some of the light whip, pull the whip closer type of actions. I'm thinking of some stuff in uh, last Jedi and the throne room scene, but I, I just like to hear it's a reminder. Hunter's pretty good at this fight and stuff too. Cause that's, he, it's a good little, uh, flying, uh, kick there. And it, it, it knocks rainy down. He's a down for the count there. Uh, so I like that little moment. Yeah. Yeah. The head button, a kick, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can't go wrong. A lot of head button in bad batch as there should be. Yeah, I think the action was really, really fun in this episode. Uh, you know, monster on monster, and in, in we we cared about Moochie, uh, but there's been a lot of different kinds of action in these first several episodes of Bad Batch, and this is uh, one where I could really, really enjoy the action because for me, the morality was pretty clear. Go ahead and beat up the slave owners. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead and absolutely smash the slave traders. You know, so the morality of the action was uh, very crystal clear for me. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, no, no gray areas here, friend. Yeah, not for me. So a couple of specific moments I like. Uh, I really liked uh, when Wrecker kicked the giant rock and uh, face planted the Zygerian. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, points for that. Yeah. It's a great action moment, a great comedy moment, and. You know, there was that sense from Wrecker of like, we're only tied up for a minute. We'll we'll get out of here. Don't don't worry. Uh, and needing yeah. to distract and and uh, save Omega uh, from being found. Just uh, great all around. Um, man, the the Moochie uh, rampage. There, I could have written down almost every moment, but I think my favorite was the uh, casually uh, backhanding uh, the speeder full of Zykerians. <laughs> they immediately go flying in the explosion. Like, bang. Uh- uh, I love uh, uh, Mushi taking a big bite out of that dragon. Uh, what'd you call it again? I, I didn't write that one down. Breezak. Breezak. Uh, yeah, which, okay, that makes, there you go. I love that. Just, uh, it was uh, like biting a sausage and breakfast. Just Yeah, the the, the Mushi versus uh, Breezak, that was great. Because that was, you know, talk about Star Wars pulling in other references, uh, mm-hmm. the other genres. That that was King Kong versus Godzilla, little mini version of it, right? That was oh, yeah. that was a you know a data bank brawl like uh, like we used to do and and, and we'll probably do again someday. Uh, yeah. But that was just totally like wow, two big monsters with really different abilities. How will they fight against each other? And <laughs> I love that it all it all came back to tail biting. Well, life comes back to tail, buddy. Uh, and, and, and some of the, when they uh, were kind of taken on the Brizak alone or, or when uh, Mushi emerged, it, I had some Fallen Order flashbacks. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, oh. definitely, definitely. Uh, yeah, being hunted by many large animals. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> in that game. Uh, so yeah, so those were my my favorite action moments. Any other action moments uh, slid into moments of comedy, whimsy, and weirdness? I was gonna say I was like, oh, I have one more, and I was like, no, yeah, it's it's action, but it's definitely comedy. So yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah, so let's dive into that. What were your favorite moments of comedy, whimsy, weirdness? Um, in terms of just whimsy, we seem to focus at a lot in this uh, in these discussions of Bad Batch because of Omega um, and even Wrecker. Uh, I did enjoy Wrecker's gonk squats. Good way to get a workout and just squat with gonky on. But Omega's joy at her wrist communication device uh, was just palpable. I mean, come yeah. On. yeah, endearing. Yeah, it was yeah, super funny. And, and out of all of the, the little calm moments, I think the I found Sid was great <laughs> yeah. because she's not using it as a toy. She's communicating. Yeah. And she's communicating that she noticed something that they were not uh, paying attention to. And also, like, not quite in the range of distance she needed to be. But that was great. Yeah. And the little point, the little, like, point of, I found her. (laughs) (laughs) I found Sid. Point up. Yeah. Great. Great. What else you got? Um, uh, I enjoyed... and, and I was like you, too. It's like you hear a voice and you're like, God, that voice sounds so familiar. I'll, I'll wait to the credits, right? And uh, it's Rio Perlman. So just to go back the second time and when Sid says, are you fresh out of the tube? I'm like, yeah, Carla would say that. <laughs> it's such a great uh, clone <laughs> insult yeah. or, uh, yeah, insult. I'll go with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's insult, yeah. yeah, it was great. Absolutely great. Yeah. Um, so, I I liked uh I liked Echo in general just kind of having the lead that this was his idea. Uh, this is a little bit more of an Echo focused episode. Uh, but I liked when they got to uh, Sid's place and he said, "This is the place," and is kind of dumpy and run down. And Tex says, "Charming." <laughs> <laughs> it just it it was a one quick line. It didn't even quite register with the the first time I watched it. But I watch it again. It's like that's an interesting detail of of Tex's character, like. You know, all the different places that they have had to stay or bunk that like the idea that tech would be like somebody who knows the uh, thread count of sheets. <laughs> like it was a kind of a new idea, but also made perfect sense of like, oh, this is a dump. I like, I like clean that. bars. Yeah. It's like there's 2,492 germs on this table alone. <laughs> exactly. So I found that really uh, charming. Uh, it, it, uh, it is Texan endearing in his own way too. Endearing yeah. is the hubris of the Bad Batch. He is, he is. And another great tech moment I like uh, in this one. I already mentioned it, but that yes, well, we separated due to a fundamental oh. difference in ideology. <laughs> it's so great because tech, tech. This is like two or three times now where tech's just like stating big themes of Star Wars as great jokes. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I really liked about it is there there is always a tension in Star Wars of you can absolutely sit down and watch this episode and say this was a fun adventure about you know young, a young kid named Omega and she rescues a, a an, an animal friend and it's great and it's fun and charming you know or you can kind of dive into like what all is going on this is about dreams and shifting identities and and I like that tech is sort of like like yes no I'm drilling down to the core <laughs> you know I, I'm 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 always writing essays and giving you the theme statement answer to a situation, you know? Yeah. And it's just great. It's great comedy and character, but it's also great insight. It, it, it's uh, we, we laugh. We love tech here. And I know tech is, uh, uh, is rising on your list of characters there, Joseph, but like, it just, I, I really love the moments. Cause it's almost like you could take it, take text quotes and just kind of give them to fans for discussion points. Yes. <laughs> yes. But that, I love that. It's, um, it's just the front of text mind of like, there's a reason that we're doing this. There's a reason that we have to do this is that the, yeah. what they were wanting us to do is unacceptable. It's like, it's also yeah. like good on you tech. You're right. 
Yeah, it's like Tech would be like, uh, uh, you know, you know, some of the people in the Empire, you know, they weren't bad. And Tech would be like, well, they all were given a choice and they slipped morally. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. A um, couple more uh, for me. Uh, I think maybe my favorite comedy moment in this episode, perhaps uh, my favorite comedy moment in The Bad Batch so far. High praise for me. Uh, when Sid says, uh, clearly the kid's the brain of your operation, and then Omega and Record do that small high five in the background. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I saw some people tweeting about that, and it's uh, the Wrecker Omega, Big Brother, Little Sister uh, dynamic is wonderful. Just one. Yeah, and just the the development of Wrecker, because you and I both had that uh, um, concern, awareness uh, in that first episode of how do you not get repetitive with Wrecker and really developing that that big brother perspective and developing a character who's not just excited about violence that that's his most exciting thing he can do but then he's also just kind of excited and enjoys life and like you did a good thing high five (laughs) yeah now there's great value to him even in these dark times and this trouble just to have that that light of uh just kind of positive joy to be able to have that emerge when you need it um, and that's where records is coming through a lot. And, and I enjoy it. Yeah. It, I think there's also just something really funny and appropriate to records character of like, Hey, uh, that Trandoshan lady just said that you're smarter than me. High five. High five. Yeah. <laughs> it's so great. No ego about not being smarter than Omega. <laughs> yeah. Uh, other moments for you. Um, I, uh, I mentioned, I, I do, I, I, I'm not going to, I'll fail to do the accent with any uh, level of skill, talents or respect, but ju- I do just love Omega and say, now she's a bad batch. It just, it's just, it's endearing. It's just endearing. That's it, our word of the day. Woo-hoo! It is. It um, is. I love that. And the same, lo- uh, same, um, around, uh, Mochi, uh, the, when Omega's caught and, and just says, I wasn't sneaking, I was unlocking. It's, it's a great reveal. Um, and then Echo delivering the the rancor is Mochi was delivered the best sitcom slash eighties action adventure uh, just energy and I, I really enjoyed that one that that is uh, that was a great moment. It, it was Echo as Joey from Friends right like they're the what are you talking about what <laughs> record scratch yeah. Um, yeah two other ones for me uh, I love Sid calling Hunter you dark and broody my office. <laughs> Yeah. So yet another moment of character development for Hunter to really kind of see Hunter through somebody else's eyes, you know, totally. uh, like, oh, he's the one who's always dark and brooding. Great. Uh, final one for me is uh, I think we're, I'm going to want to track these every episode. Uh, the moment where tech looks up a thing from Star Wars on Wikipedia <laughs> <laughs> when he quickly Googles Rancor. Uh, in order to figure out how to defeat it, uh, Rancor is adhered to social hierarchy. You have to challenge the Alpha for authority. Uh, I absolutely love that. Um, oh, yeah. and I lied. I lied. My final one yeah. is uh, the the one that I moved from uh, combat to comedy. Uh, I did love just the general idea that uh, tech gives record the information. That's how it works. Of of that's what it works like when they're being a team. Of like, oh, you have to fight uh, Moochie and and prove that you're just as strong, and then Moochie will respect you. And then that every every joke and every image is great, but when they're getting tired out, there's this one very quick moment where uh, Moochie kind of gently hits Wrecker and then <laughs> Moochie holds her arms out like, how about that? What about that? What do you got? 
Well, combined with record, giving that little uh, pat on our head towards the end, um, I call it a drunken bar fight where, you know, just, they just, they're swinging at nothing. It, 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 um, it could easily have just been dumb comedy and, and, and there's some simple comedy in it, but it, it just worked. It came from the character of Wrecker. Uh, it made, uh, it made Moochie, it made me uh, really a fan of Moochie if I wasn't already. And I was, but just, it was a great little moment. Yeah. I, I had the same thing. Yeah. It, it was a great one. Those, those arms up that that's going to be highly gifable, highly gifable. Uh, any other moments of comedy or whimsy or weirdness for you? It was just it kind of around record. There's some great, quotes uh, she's doing fine on her own and then towards the end of oh that's a good rancor like uh, uh, <laughs> said that to a dog you know yeah yeah I, it made a lot of sense to have wrecker truly bond with moochie <laughs> <laughs> it really did well, uh, it wasn't even like he was fighting her to harvey's just like oh yeah we can get a fight and great yeah no I, and i love that uh that dynamic of like tech, is there any way that I can punch my way through this problem? I'm like, cool, I can, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And it's fun to see him unleashed. Right. Cause Wrecker's yeah. clearly like much stronger. He's got superhero strength. Uh, and able like, yeah. hey, here's somebody I can really pummel. <laughs> well, yeah. And it, 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 you know, everyone having a role on the team, it's, it's valuable. And, and, and that's what, that's what he's doing those gonk squats for. Yeah, gonk squats. <laughs> All right, let's get into uh, canon and lore and connections to other stories, unless you have any more comedy. No, no. Okay, so there's a lot in this one, um, but I, I want to start with uh, the the rancor of it all, right? Um, so uh, we both did our, our own independent uh, Wikipedia deep dives, and we're talking off air and came to the same conclusion. Uh, Moochie, uh, very clearly female in canon as we know it, uh, the famous Rancor from Return of the Jedi, Patissa, is male. Um, seemed to be that the story was uh, that Jabba had had uh, control of Moochie. Uh, the word reunited, Sid says, you right. reunited. Uh, Moochie seems to recognize Bib. Um, so how much, how did you read this story? Uh, did you just read this as, yeah, of course, this is one of the things Jabba do, does. He he collects rancors <laughs> or did you yeah. read this as some sort of like, this is setting something else up? Uh, I, I, yeah, it's funny. It's, we were talking off air. Like you said, it's like, now do I, I'm doubting myself that is there something bigger picture that I'm missing, but no, I took it as just uh, one of maybe a few. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm familiar with uh, Patisa, the name Patisa, which is, you know, we, you and I did, you and I did not grow up with that name. No. Um, it was something that came later. It was just Rancor and Rancor Keeper, uh, not Malakili and Patisa, Patisa. But uh, so, yeah, I took it as just an additional one, not the same one. Um, but who knows these days, right? <laughs> who knows? Yeah, yeah. I think there is something just a, a little bit different in, in the introduction of Bib. Like, um, yeah. we'll talk about Bib, but in, uh, this goes to the Rancor story of, Bib Fortuna is a character who pops up in canon a lot uh, because Jabba is a big deal in the galaxy. It's normal right. that characters would encounter Jabba because he's a huge power player. And if you're in the shadows, you're going to, you know, encounter a huge gangster boss. Yeah. <laughs> and then Bib pops up because Bib is, like this hand, uh, episode says, a right-hand guy. But that introduction of Bib that kind of like set up this mystery of him, you know? Mm. like not sh mm. not fully showing his face it, it i think there was something in that that made me feel like on my first viewing of like are is that setting up a reveal mm. 
And mm. I, I don't feel like it was ultimately other than, hey, it's Bib. <laughs> right. Bib's back, everybody. Yeah, I, I yeah, you're right. I mean, the fact that there's um perhaps a continued relationship with Sid in the Bad Batch and maybe a continued uh, relationship with Sid and, and and Jabba, I mean, I definitely would want more in a way. I'm not I'm not expecting it. And and that's just my reaction at, you know, two, two and a half times watching this episode of just like great mention purposeful mention to some of the big themes we've talked about and and uh but also at the same time fun seasoning but you know i like i said uh it could be we could get an entire episode with Jabba asking for the bad batch yeah and, and i i'd feel great about that would you i totally would feel yeah totally would feel and it's it, i'll tell you what it is weird seeing bib now and i uh matthew wood voices bib in this one too uh knowing uh bib's end <laughs> it's true end now well, yeah, and that there's it's interesting to me knowing that there is even more very specific connective tissue between uh, Book of Boba Fett, between Fennec right. Shand and, and Bib Fortuna. It's really interesting to see if that's going anywhere or if that's just uh, the will of the Force. Ah, uh, yes. So uh, in terms of, of the Rancor part of the story, um, the Rancor has always been an interesting creature because it's a scary monster that... that Luke yep. must defeat, so it's not devoured. But there's always, I think, been that tension of that that moment with Malakili in the whimper as Batista dies is is actually very sad. Um, oh, and so having an, another rancor, Batista's uh, mm-hmm. mom, maybe who knows? Batista's <laughs> sister, mate, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. whatever the story is, or if there is even a story, uh, just another rancor. Uh, did it make you? Meeting Moochie and and really connecting to Moochie, did it make you feel even worse for Batista? <laughs> it, no, it really did. And then uh, you know, nothing against Luke. Look, uh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And and uh, what's the Gamorrean guard has a as a name, uh, Jabunka or uh, something? Jucknuck, I think. Yeah, yeah. Or Jubnuck. Uh, and then in Legends, uh, he he survives. And dear God, um, Jubnuck. So, Jubnuck. There you go. Yeah, no, no, it did. And, and, and even uh, learning a little bit more about Malakili in Aftermath, which is kind of really the first time you learned about Tisa's name is more than that. Yeah, no. Um, and look, Mo- as, as a lover of animals like myself and a lot of us are, uh, you know, come on, Moochie, talking about endearing. And by the end of it, I want to pet a big old Rancor face. <laughs> I want to say, oh, I shall go Rancor. Yeah, yeah. The, the whole show is really feeling like it is on a mission to treat uh animals better well even the breeze act doesn't die right and i was i was i was one i was like oh is this finally gonna happen we finally gonna get a, a creature uh, uh killed on this uh, show and no which i'm fine with it's just a stark uh, contrast to uh, other star wars storytelling like uh that clone wars episode that that we uh, discussed relatively recently uh when obi-wan and quinlan voss are teamed up and and they're you know chasing cad bane and uh, they're in a you know, strange world and a big creature grabs Obi-Wan and he just stabs it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, it's a slight bump in the road, you know, and it just seems yeah. like Bad Batch is like, we're not going to do that. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, all right. Any other Rancor thoughts? Um, no, other than, look, uh, you know, if if it's a completely new retelling in can, a canon, uh, it, it just would be, it'd be a little weird, but uh, I, you know, uh, stay, uh, stay loose. Uh, when you, it's like it's like uh, you're standing off first base to steal second. Keep your weight on both feet so you can go back or forth. Yeah, exactly. I enjoyed this episode for uh, meeting this rancor, yeah, <laughs> and for how this rancor played into this story. And if at some point it becomes, oh, this is the origin story, uh, and that's the new canon, so be it. So be it. 
Rancor. Rancor. Uh, all right. Let's go to Ord Mantell. Um, Let's do it. That was that was fun. Were you excited by that? Uh, the being on Ord Mantell. Yeah, no, it's 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 because it's one of those first references that you grow up with, uh, or whenever you discover Empire, and and it's uh, it's inspires so much imagination, and 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 we we don't spend a lot of time on here, uh, we we really don't. Uh, so uh, I I love going there, love the design, and we're seeing a lot of different uh, urban environments, uh, both in Mandalorian and, and uh, in in Bad Batch that I'm enjoying. Yeah, I, the, a couple of things that I really liked about it, Ord Mantell has always been one of those great uh, tip of the iceberg moments of storytelling. Uh, like we always talk about the casual mention of the Clone Wars, uh, mm-hmm. but Han saying in Empire, you know, the bounty hunter we ran into on Ord Mantell changed my mind. And there are in uh, in Legends and EU multiple uh, different uh, creators taking a stab at telling the story of that bounty right. hunter in current canon. I think it's still ambiguous. Um, yeah. And then Ord Mantell uh, does have a big canon appearance in the Son of Dathomir comic book, uh, the comic book adaptation of the kind of big, big finale for the uh, Shadow Collective. Uh, so you can spend some time on Ord Mantell. So it, it's just fun to have a, a planet that's kind of steeped in such history uh, with our fan relationship with Star Wars. But then in terms of just design, I love that we saw that it's, yeah, it looks like kind of a, a, a rough planet. It's got these cityscapes that are a little isolated. You know, it's not a huge, yep. sprawling city. And we go to this new city that's a little rundown, and in text words, charming. Charming. <laughs> but then I love that the big battle happens in, you know, old Lord Mantell I, City. It's one of the things that I always love about Star Wars when it really evokes that wherever we are in the timeline, there's a long, long history before. And yes. being in this, uh, this you know, collapsed, it looks like, you know, ruins of some, you know, Roman, Roman uh, civilization, mm-hmm. right? Uh, from mm-hmm. from real world perspective and wondering, like, did this city uh, fall 10 years ago or thousands of years ago? Yeah, even it even had uh, kind of the old ruins of the dragon pits and, and King's Landing and Game of Thrones for me. And, and also ties to, the, you know, the history and, and, and this lived in type of world that goes directly to George, directly to episode four, directly to the dirt and grime on screen there versus uh, typical uh, traditional sci-fi to that point. And, and that's Star Wars continues. This isn't like a first time connection, clearly, but it's just it doesn't, you know, Camino goes to a, uh, a Close Encounters of the Third Kind vibe. But uh, this just keeps that tradition going of, of uh, stuff was here before and will be after us. You're just getting this part of the story. Yeah, old lived-in universe. Great point. Um, uh, another canon thing I wanted to call out is uh, Sid's ominous helmet collection yes. <laughs> in her office. W- what did you think of that? I, I first of all, I, I'm like, more proof... You know, we keep call- everyone keeps calling the show gorgeous and beautiful and breathtaking, and it looks the best. But a lot of times, it's seeing a spaceship travel or almost land or going to some great sweeping vista. Her office was my favorite part of this episode. It <laughs> felt 3D. It felt real, and the, so those helmets popped off the screen. And I'm sure there's some other things in the background I'm missing, but I don't know, man. I had some thoughts. I'm like, were, was she gifted for helping? Um, I wouldn't want it to be because uh, some kind of trophy for hunting <laughs> like it just like yeah it, it, I, I didn't have the answer but it couldn't uh, i couldn't escape it are these fallen friends that she once knew from working with jedi yeah uh, it did look like there was one uh, kind of darker in the shadows that looked mandalorian that looked like a, a paler mandalorian helmet to me there you go 
so it, 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 that made me happy that it isn't just clones. Right. right, right. <laughs> it's in the bad batch is being really, really unobservant. <laughs> say, all right, we'll trust you. A woman whose walls are filled with the yeah. helmets of our fallen brothers. <laughs> yeah. Or she just collects, uh, you know, black series replica helmets or something like that. And one thing that I loved about Sid, I mean, it, there's a little bit of a, uh, she's old grizzled weirdo vibe in star Wars. Loved Absolutely. That. Little bit of the the Dexter connection of the Jedi go to her for some real world help. I uh, love that. But then I, you know, I just don't know. I don't know if she's going to keep any secrets. I, I like this about the character. Yeah, and you got the vibe that she could really be like the reason the Jedi trusted me is you know I have a code and I keep my word and I keep secrets. Right. Or it could be like, oh, while well, it uh, behooves me, I'll keep your secret. But yeah. uh, I kind of got you under my thumb now because I know that you're valuable. I know mm-hmm. you're really wanted, you know, that's, there's a great bit of ambiguity oh. there. Yeah, no, that was definitely a, uh, hold it over your head moment for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so then going to, we've, we've already discussed it a bit, uh, but of course the, uh, Breezak there, the Zygerian's big flying lizard, uh, that did first appear in that Clone Wars, uh, season four arc, uh, with the Zygerians, uh, the episode Slaves of the Republic in particular. Right. And then, uh, the Zygerians themselves, uh, have been uh, mentioned many places. Have their that big moment, <laughs> moment to shine in horror in that Clone Wars uh, arc in season right. four, uh, where ultimately they are uh, in cahoots with uh, Dooku in their operation on their planet. Cadavo uh, is disrupted by the Jedi and the Republic, who is they yeah. mentioned. Yeah, and again, yeah, with the Zygerians, you go to Wikipedia and look up in the uh, appearances list. It, it's sizable in canon. They're just they always get mentioned. They always uh, they're out there. Um, so it's uh, it's almost and it's kind of this weird uh, Star Wars animation tradition to have them in an episode or an arc. So it's great to see them there. Yeah, absolutely. Did you have any other thoughts? We already kind of talked about their meaning and their presence, but anything else there that you wanted to touch on? No, but it, it definitely is one of those big connections. And, and again, the the Empire rampaging over the galaxy and. and is what it is it? We we talk when you hear us talk about emotional canon or those kind of through lines. And this is this is what we mean. This is a part of it. Uh, what they represent, what they represent to the story, and this does, does connect to Solo. It does connect to Wobani and Rogue One and all those kind of things. Uh, so uh, I, I love uh, the use of the characters here. It's not just a fun uh, appearance for a checklist. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the specific line I wrote down: "With the meddling Republic gone, we can return to Kadavo and rebuild what was taken from us." That is just straight up. The dark times that Obi-Wan was talking about are right here. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, we had some uh, Feline. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Zizer fans, I'm sure, delighted. Uh, they have appeared other places in Star Wars, but uh, I always associate mm-hmm. them with uh, Zizer from Shadow of the Empire. How did you feel about that? Uh, yeah, okay. You know, you know that game. I, I, I never got past Hoth, so it doesn't <laughs> connect. No, I get the reference and I see it, and I love that it's there. Yeah, you never had any deep emotional connection to uh to the whole Shadows of the Empire. I I did not. I mean, I couldn't take down a walker in that opening level. Yeah. <laughs> yes, no, and I, I totally understand. I totally understand, but it, it, they have um I think that that's also interesting because obviously uh they're not all involved in the criminal underworld, but that's a right. lot of the times that we have seen uh that species in canon, so it also evokes that. So, yeah, very cool and very pulling from Hey, if you love Star Wars, we're going to pull from everywhere, from uh, Buggles the Vorpak to (laughs) the Resistance to Shadows of the Empire. Uh, Any other thoughts on uh, Bib Fortuna, Gamarine Guards, the Shadow of Jabba? Uh, uh, You're happy to see them? You're not like, Bib shouldn't have been there? 
No, no. Bib pops up and, and there's, um, it's funny cause Bib is, uh, I'm, I'm always a issue or three behind on the comics, but, but Bib's kind of in the main marble, 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 um, Marvel, um, line talking to Lando right after empire. And which is kind of a weird interaction right now, but, um, for me at least, but I like, I like Bib in a way. It, it, it is that connection. You talked about the transition of Clone Wars era and, and slowly working in and, and letting you know that this is, this is happening and Jabba is, you know, we got over 19 years to go till we really see him towards the end, but uh, he's rising in power. He's already in power, but gaining more. And, and there, I, so I like Bib being there. I think Gamorrean guards, these ones are, are, uh, they're not the thin fighting shaped Gamorrean guards. Um, <laughs> classic ones but yeah it's 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 comforting in a way and it, it's it's not just nostalgia pop for me it, it, it has great purpose as well yeah exactly i think this is for me one of those things like it's not just thrown in out of love or out of ooh, i recognize that it, it's thrown in out of narrative connection that makes sense to yeah. me uh and then of course the bounty hunter guild got mentioned which was uh great and fun to hear that all all tied together yeah yeah i i I was uh, expecting her to to say, "Here's your tracking, Bob." <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that, and that will be uh, interesting to see how much uh, of the fobs and the chain codes come together uh, mm-hmm. here in Bad Batch. Any other canon uh, ideas or or mentions that you wanted to discuss? Uh, no, I think that that's a lot. I mean, there was a lot of big big ones, but no, I think that for me, that's uh, nothing I can think of. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, then let's get into anything we disliked or questioned. You started. Uh, this episode of our podcast by saying that this was not your your favorite episode of Bad Batch, and then we just discussed all the things we loved. <laughs> yeah, so, wh- what was it that challenged you? Uh, it wasn't even a challenge. It just like I said, it was like, oh, I, I, I got it. You know what I mean? Like I got it. I get what they're doing, and there's some fun stuff. Uh, and I don't I don't use the word filler. It's all building, and it all connects to what we discussed. But just compared to some of the things that came before and measured against my desires for what I think is going to happen. This is one of those episodes. It's like, yeah, this is a nice, nice, sweet, comfortable spot. Uh, when I revisit it, that's why when I said it, it reminds me of some Clone Wars episodes and you do, you and I are doing this great rewatch and there's some episodes that are like, you just go, yeah, okay, cool. Can't wait to get to the bigger arcs. It doesn't mean those ones are bad. And this had that vibe all the way around for me. Uh, but by focusing on what I love and by focusing on what is there in these episodes that connect to the big themes, I, I enjoy it just as much as the others in a way. Um, but this uh, on a rewatch, this might be the one where I'm making a salad and I join it halfway. <laughs> yeah, I think this one's fascinating to me because it, time will tell how important of an episode it is because it is definitely continuing the story. I think in some significant uh, forward movement on Omega's character and identity in oh this my- episode. Uh, but is it going to be like, yeah, this is the one-off adventure and... Eight episodes from now, uh, they'll they'll go back and and get another gig from Sid, or is this setting up the new normal? Yeah, yeah, and look, they learn who Fennec Shand is. They 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 make the, they rescue free slaves and 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 the Moochie. There's so much there, and that's why I, you and I don't we don't believe in that concept of filler. I just reject it as a principle in Star Wars. Maybe a sitcom or something in the anime. You know where a lot of it came from, but in Star, it there's it, in these type of shows, it just doesn't exist for me. Um, yeah. And so that's, yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I, and I'm excited. I get excited by going, where can you look back and figure out, Hey, what was there for us that we didn't see at the time? Yeah, exactly. But I also understand where you're coming from, where there is, you know, we're loving the bad batch and there's a hunger for them to really uh, develop and figure out what is the deal with Omega? Are they going to get uh, crosshair back? Like all of these kind of big questions 
and then an episode can feel like an adventure of the week of like, cool, yeah. uh, the, uh, the Rancor and, and Rizak beat the crap out of each other. That was great. That was fun. But is this is this adventure moving the big picture story forward? And and, uh, you know, I definitely thought about that while I was watching. And I feel like ultimately I feel like there's a lot from this episode that is in retrospect going to feel like these are some big steps forward. Yeah. Agreed. Um, yeah, the only other thing for me, I already mentioned, I don't even dislike it. It was just a curiosity that the way our, our initial, Sid's initial conversation with Bib was framed felt like it was, by not revealing that it was Bib there, was building to something bigger than, yeah, it's Bib. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I don't uh, suggest actually swinging a Tuka cat, but swing a Tuka cat and you're going to find Bib in Star Wars, uh, Bib Fortuna. <laughs> so it felt a little like I didn't understand the the point of kind of setting up a mystery for a yeah well yeah because now when, when the when the 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 hologram's going on my, my reaction i'm sure your yours too was like oh i think that's bib and then oh yeah it was bib <laughs> yeah please don't restrict me to just bib lips i want to see a bib <laughs> face come on yeah this is happy that we got to see full bib face yeah. <laughs> that's gross and i don't even know why <laughs> anyway uh ken do you have some hopes for the next episode of the bad batch um you know the, you know the only um, not, not a, for not even necessary for next week. I can't wait for Crosshair's big return. Like I, I, they're holding them out for for good reason. You know, we're not really seeing a story right now. Um, and does he? And we we know he's got some things going on. He's not just over there going, yeah, let me go get in a fight and kill my old friends. There's stuff going on, stuff we're going to learn. So I, I'm in just by pulling it back a little bit, not giving me Crosshair. I'm just more excited for the return of Crosshair. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's a really good point of uh, not knowing each week if it's going to be uh, kind of two stories going. It's the Bad Batch and then also what's going on with Crosshair or is there going to be an episode that's uh, no, this is just now Crosshair's journey for an episode. Like it's fun Mm -hmm. to not know exactly when and how much Crosshair we're going to get. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Um, A couple things for me. I so loved this ending that it just had that sort of uh, smash cut from Hunter going, oh, geez. (laughs) And that that chord, I I would be thrilled if the next episode uh, picked up exactly there. Uh, It just starts Mm. with Hunter staring in the chord. (laughs) What are you talking about? What are you holding over me? I don't think it'll do that, but that would be awesome. Uh, Yeah. Uh, I I do hope that it continues that the next episode has the bad batch being very proactive. I really like seeing that of, okay, mm-hmm. well, we got this amount of information or now we really clear that we need even more money uh, to really pick up one of the strands or for them to really be like, we are going here to do X, you know? Yeah. I like that. Uh, then in terms of um, <laughs> what I guess I'll call not Chekhov's gun, but Wrecker's headache. Um Yes, I I hope that uh, we get to that because it, it, it's been you know underlined a couple episodes now, uh, and I, I'm really excited to see what that's about. Yeah, it, it, just like I'm, I have great anticipation for Crosshair with some like excitement. I have um, anxiety <laughs> on Wrecker's head. Well, uh, well, do you have uh, dreams or hopes for Wrecker's head? <laughs> <laughs> I do, uh, I do. I, uh, yeah, the dreams, uh, not uh, fears. Yeah, definitely that they, this is chip related, obviously. And there's some kind of, something, something's going to happen bad, man. I, I think you'll be, I think you'll survive maybe, but um, we've got a lot, we, that, 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 
the, the chip is just the, this dangling participle of the show that's just kind of floating above us here. And, and Omega being like, oh, yeah, your chip, I can tell you what that's about. And tech uh, working on it, finding the chip. It, it, yeah, it, it just and knowing some of the stuff we've seen the chips do in, in, in Clone Wars episodes in the past, that's my uh, fear anxiety for it. Yeah, I think when I saw this episode, it was called Rampage, and very early on, we had the, anything wrong? Yeah, no, I'm fine, groaning, holding his head, that like, oh, Rampage is because his chip is going to go off, and he is just going to become randomly violent, and with all of the great buildup of the big brother, little sister vibe, how horrific is that going to be for Omega, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so uh, I, I have hopes that poor Wrecker can get his head fixed. <laughs> Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you wanted to touch on, Ken? Well, we, we did mention the Echo stuff, but I, I think it bears uh, kind of repeating of just Echo uh, it, it being focused on, on rescuing and freeing uh, people, slaves in this case, uh, something that is uh, close to his heart. And uh, I love that about him. And, and you mentioned a little bit more Echo in this episode. And I think we're all kind of still waiting for a big Echo lead episode but I, I i love what they're doing with him and it's and it's not acknowledged you don't you know he doesn't have to say oh i was once freed by a, you know it, it's there it's in the character and you know it and you get it and i liked it yeah it's it's there when you look at him that he has mm-hmm. had his agency yeah. taken away and that, that he would feel even more strongly about that yeah indeed. yeah yeah um yeah, I think uh, the only other thing for me is every once in a while I want to take a, a moment to be sure to shout out the music in this episode. Mm. Damn, uh, this had such range. You know, it had everything from kind of light, fun comic music to uh, when Omega was uh, sneaking in, there's a kind of little jazzy heist music. And then uh, when the monsters are showing off, the there, there's like great epic kaiju fight music. It was just such a great range of music in this episode. It's so good, and, 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 and Kiner, Kevin Kiner does such a good job of that. I am, I am, talk about dreams, but also anxieties. He he's tweeted a few times about, oh, I just did the music for the Bad Batch finale, and I'm crying. And it's like, well, if you're crying, what are you doing to us? <laughs> What's gonna happen? Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, I'm a little concerned now because I am yeah. really, really connecting to these characters and and yeah. really want them to make it through the darkness. Uh, but speaking of going back to the light from the darkness, we're going to wrap up with a fun light question. If you could have a figure or toy of any character or moment from this episode, Ken, what do you want? Well, look, Moochie looks like a Funko Pop. <laughs> I mean, the design is Funko Pop. I, I have like the Rancor Funko, Funko Pop. Uh, so we definitely got it. a Funko Pop, Tech? Look it up. <laughs> yeah. A Funko Pop is a cheap plastic toy overpriced, collected by many. Yes. <laughs> um, so that would be... In fact, you were with me when I got my Rancor Funko. I, I have a photo of it, yeah. Photo? Oh, my. Uh, Vegas, I believe. Uh, so that. So we need that. But also, I'm I'm also a collector of... Uh, by collector, I mean, I have like two or three of them. Of the Nerf, uh, uh, Chewbacca, Bowcaster, Han Solo, Nerf gun, the orange ones and everything. So we do need a Nerf crossbow of the uh, of the uh, Zygarian crossbow that uh, Omega now has. Oh, yeah, yeah. Get some good Nerf action. This is yeah. a toy, unlike the com. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, th- I, this, I almost put this in the, the comedy section, but I had so many. Uh, I think I need a specific action figure of Gonky the Gonk droid with hiding action. Where you can just press Gonky down and make Gonky be a box. Yes. Yes. That was a great moment. And then uh, I'm going back to my love of those old cinema scenes uh, sets where they would have uh, three action figures uh, Mm. posed in a scene. 
Loved those uh, so much. Power of the Force uh, and Phantom Menace both had those. I would love a cinema scene of Wrecker and Moochie just bashing each other while Tech just stands there and watches. <laughs> <laughs> which there's a little space where like he gets the fight going. He, he gives Wrecker the info. Uh, and then we cut away and then the rest of the Bad Batch comes back and they ask Tech how it's been going. And he's just been sitting there watching. Watching him. <laughs> Tech's the best. Yep. Uh, so yeah. great. Collecting data if they ever have to fight a Rancor again. Yeah. I'm, I'm inputting data. Inputting data. So that is our big look at the Bad Batch Episode 5 Rampage. Ken, do you want to let people know where they can find us? I would love to, especially if you're relatively new to the podcast feed. You discovered us uh, while searching for Bad Batch coverage or maybe found us in some of our rebroadcasts on YouTube. Uh, we are Force Center Podcast. We found on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We are on Instagram and YouTube as well. You can like our Facebook page, Force Center Podcast. We always offer an audio book on us for you. Go try it out at, at audibletrial.com slash Force Center. That's audibletrial.com slash Force Center. You can get merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. And you can support us directly at patreon.com slash Force Center. Uh, also, we're available in a lot of different spots, but try Amazon Music and Spotify to, um, you know, emerging young company, just, just giving it a go in the podcast world. <laughs> uh, we're there and a lot of other places as well. Just search, and if we're not on a, a podcast catcher of choice, let us know. We'll try to get there. Uh, you can follow me at Catnapsuck. Go to my website, catnapsuck.com. Also, check out the gpa.fun where I uh, uh, work with my uh, pals over there doing silly, crazy things to try to make you laugh. Joseph, where can they find you? Oh, laughter is great. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok with my handle at Joseph Scrimshaw. And then you can check out my website, josephscrimshaw.com, for all of my other comedy adventures. Uh, but for now, for myself, for Ken, for both Moochie and Padisa, this has been the Bad Batch Report. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.